Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a pair of local farmers and find out how the crops are coming along. Also, the province's weed specialist, Tammy Jones, will join us. And up first in today's country comment, Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell will comment on the flooding situation in the southeast. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell to comment on the flooding situation in southeast Manitoba. I understand there's damage to the infrastructure and right at this particular time of year with the crop insurance deadline looming, it's, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge whether they replant or what their strategy is going to be moving forward. But, um, you know, for the most part on the rest of the province, I think that they've received uh, some moisture in uh, various amounts. But I would suggest that the crops are looking pretty good. Uh, we are challenged right now with getting uh, uh, spraying done with the, the wind that has been uh, quite prevalent uh, the last few days, uh, maybe even the last week or better. So, um, But, you know, uh, I think everything's progressing pretty good except for a few isolated cases. So, In that southeast uh, part there, um, for, for livestock producers, what, what are some of the challenges, you know, when you get flooding like that? Well, you know, you, I think you have to understand when we get overland flooding that even the pastures will be, uh, have excess moisture on them. And so, uh, you know, if it stays very long, that we could see the death of the grass. And uh, so then there's no production on that part of it. And you also realize that cattle don't graze water. Uh, they need to have grass to every day to sustain themselves. So if there is uh, excess moisture on the fields, uh, there may be required supplement feeding. And uh, with the challenges that the province has had with regards to uh, forage production last year and, and that part, it, it's not the time of year when you wish to be feeding cattle. So, um, you know, accessing feed, taking away from 2020's uh, reserves and all of that. So it, 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 it really has a lot of uh, implications uh, with that type of moisture that has fallen. And for crops, you know, uh, with that amount of water, are, are those fields, are they pretty much unusable then for the year? Or? Well, you know, I think it would have to be a field-by-field field analysis on, on those. And uh, there may be some uh, drainage on some that will dry up a little sooner, but it's going to take a bit of time for them to dry. But, um, you know, saying that, there can be some uh, forage or uh, feed crops sown, you know, some green feed and some later seeded crops uh, for uh, feed for 2020. But... Uh, it, it will depend a lot on individual feed, uh, fields and individual producers on what their strategy is. And that, uh, it will be a challenge with the crop insurance and deadlines and coverage levels and all of the rest of it. I know that we experienced the storm uh, on June 14th, and with the deadlines looming and the um, resources that we had and different practices it, it, it's a real challenge to to go through those experiences are there business risk management programs that would be available in this type of situation well i guess you know would be dealing mostly with agri-insurance which is the uh, crop insurance component of it and there would be eligibility for reseeding benefits uh, 
They also, you know, if it doesn't look like that they can get it reseeded, that there may be, um, you know, a complete loss of that crop. So there would be uh, crop insurance production aspects to it. Uh, um, but as, uh, that would be, you know, in a longer term, maybe uh, without the revenue, the agri-stability component of it. But uh, that, you know, that would be assessment at the end of your production year. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell commenting on the flooding situation in southeast Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Farmers in the southeast are assessing their options following the floodwaters that hit last week. Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell was asked about business risk management programming. would be dealing mostly with agri-insurance, which is the uh, crop insurance component of it and there would be eligibility for reseeding benefits. They also, you know, if it doesn't look like that they can get it reseeded, that there may be, you know, a complete loss of that crop. So there would be crop insurance production aspects to it. Uh, that would be, you know, in a longer term, maybe uh, without the revenue, the agri-stability component of it. But uh, that, you know, that would be assessment at the end of your production year. Campbell says farmers are facing tough decisions with the crop insurance deadlines looming. And David Carossel, manager of claim services with Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation, talked about insurance claims coming in from the southeast. Not a lot of claims so far. A bit of uh, activity just to uh, have the discussion. And when we have a, a significant rainfall event like we did last weekend, it takes a little bit of time to determine and assess what uh, the damage is. And like as you can appreciate uh, what we saw last week, some roads were impassable, so there's certain fields people couldn't even get to. It's not uncommon uh, in a situation like that that uh, it'll take several weeks before we know the full impact of it. Elsewhere, Carossel says Mask has had just under a thousand reseed claims across the province so far. And yesterday, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie Claude Bebo launched the $50 million surplus food rescue program to help vulnerable Canadians. It's designed to rescue surplus food that may be fresh, frozen, or in need of further processing due to its highly perishable nature. COVID-19 caused significant disruptions to areas of Canada's food system as it forced the near closure of the restaurant and hospitality industry in Canada and the United States. Some producers across the country are left with surpluses of quality food, while increased demand from grocery stores alone is not expected to clear the inventory before it spoils. In addition, the pandemic increased demand for food from food banks. Applications for the Surplus Food Rescue Program are being accepted until July 15th. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Tuesday, June 16th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Manitoba weed specialist Tammy Jones. Today, we're joined by Tammy Jones. She's the weed specialist for Manitoba Agriculture. Not only did we start have a wet start in a lot of areas, and so maybe we missed those pre-seed burns, but then crops got out of the ground and... Uh, the weeds are getting ahead of us. So we're having a really hard time with staging. I drove by a, a few fields in the last couple of days where we've got big clumps of foxtail barley. We've got flickweed that's starting to bloom, stinkweed and shepherd's purse that's already blooming, uh, dandelions and all sorts of really large weeds that we're going to have a really hard time 
um, controlling in a really good way and they're way ahead of the crop. So that really impacts on uh, crop yield potential because those weeds are competing for those same nutrients and other resources that the crop needs as well. So with the the way that the weather has gone, with it then being windy and so much danger of drift, then it's been delaying us even further. And then uh, crazy temperatures at times too. So once it gets below about five degrees, we start to worry about how efficacious some of our herbicides are going to be on certain weeds. So that has come into play. And all I'm saying is that guys need to make sure that they're in the fields looking at the stages of the weeds and adjusting those tank mixes to make sure that they are going to be able to do a good job of controlling most of the weeds that are in the field. And there's going to be one or two that slip through. And then with the winds, make sure that the herbicide selection that you have, you're looking at using a nozzle that is going to give as coarse a droplet that works with that herbicide tank mix and reduce your speed. Your travel speed is a great way to try and minimize drift because the faster you go, the longer the hang time is for that droplet in the air. The slower you go, the more quickly gravity takes uh, force and pulls that droplet down instead of letting it be blown around by the wind. So coarse droplet size, reduce your travel speed, and then make sure that you have sufficient buffers so that you're not getting into uh, non-target areas, those sensitive bodies of water or tree lines or yards that you don't want to be targeting. Use the wind as your friend and make sure that it's blowing away from those areas and into the crop. And you may have to adjust which field you're spraying in based on the wind direction that you have. And then leave a couple extra strips or a couple extra passes if you have to, to ensure that you're not drifting into somewhere that you don't want to have to uh, replant later, like a tree line or something like that. Are there um, certain weed types that are uh, more of a problem now than others? Well, I think because we uh, missed the pre-seed window, those winter annuals and perennials are, are larger, but that needs to be balanced out with the fact that we've now had some rains, and so some of our annual weeds are just starting to flush, and so timing your herbicide application to try and get everything in one pass is really challenging. And so I think we're used to thinking multiple passes or two-pass systems for corn or soybeans and canola. We don't think about that with some of our other crops. Um, But definitely for those crops where we have row closure that doesn't happen until later on, then we need to think about it, making sure that we're doing probably a two-pass system to get all of the weeds just because some are big early on and then some are so small when we're trying to spray those big early on weeds that we'll have to wait and get them in a second pass. So like I said, that's easy with canola and soybeans and, and corn. With some of the cereals, we hope that we time that herbicide application so that canopy closure happens and we don't ever need to do a second pass in, in those systems. That was Tammy Jones, weed specialist for Manitoba Agriculture. It's Native Prairie Appreciation Week. Today, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks with Carolyn Gaudette about the important role that Native Prairie plays. The purpose of Native Prairie Appreciation Week, or NPA, is to raise awareness and appreciation of Native Prairie systems and their importance to Saskatchewan's provincial, environmental, and agricultural sectors. Now let's talk about the important role that our native prairie really does play for us. So native prairie provides um, 
ecological goods and services. So it sequesters carbon, filters water, provides habitat for many species, including species at risk, and it also provides a livelihood for ranchers, and it's a source of food. Carolyn, when we're talking about native prairie, let's talk a little bit about how ranchers and producers work together with that native prairie and and really how we see benefits to both. Our healthy native prairie needs some form of disturbance. They evolved with grazing by bison and other animals, and now cattle really play that role. The native prairie benefits from grazing in a way that um, if they aren't disturbed, they will accumulate large large amounts of material or thatch that can reduce the success of native grasses and forbs. Also, grazing really knocks back uh, the dominant grasses and allows other species to increase in the understory, and that really helps the biodiversity of native prairie. Uh, Grazing also allows for various uh, habitat types. So some wildlife species prefer taller grass, while others prefer shorter, sparser vegetation. And if an area is grazed in a patchy way, it'll provide that gradient of habitat types. So native prairie supports uh, the cattle industry. It's a food source that requires very little maintenance. And when we're talking about native prairie, how much is actually left in Canada and then maybe Saskatchewan, Alberta? Um, In Canada, the estimate is about 25%. Um, In Alberta, I think the latest estimate is somewhere around 26%. In Saskatchewan, the estimates estimates range from 8 to about 21%. Um, There's quite a few studies that have come out in recent years, and they're not really um, peer-reviewed yet, so it's not... We don't have a definite number. However, we are having are hosting a webinar on Wednesday, the 17th at 3 p.m., where the uh, Saskatchewan Ministry of Environment will be talking about their prairie landscape inventory project. And so that's something that they're working on is mapping how much um, native prairie we have left in Saskatchewan. That's Carolyn Gaudet. We've been talking about Native Prairie Appreciation Week. Details on the webinars can be found at the Prairie Conservation Action Plan website. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars take place every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is now available online. It's endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Keystone Ag Producers is offering a webinar entitled The Value of Peer Groups for Farmers. That'll take place June 18th starting at noon. You can register on the CAP website. And CAP will be hosting another webinar on best practices for hiring farm labor during a pandemic and beyond. That'll take place June 23rd starting at noon. Again, register on the CAP website. 
Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Today we'll check in with a couple of local farmers and find out how the crops are coming along. First off, I chatted with Jack Fraze, who farms in the Winkler area. It's been kind of a tough season. Uh, we got uh, emergence finally, but uh, we've had uh, a lot of wind, as you know, and so we've been trying to control some of the uh, blowing dust and uh, had some uh, soybeans that uh, had some blowing and uh, uh, trying to uh, work with it to try and rescue the problem. How's the uh, moisture uh, situation? The subsoil moisture is pretty good. Uh, a little bit of deficiency on, on the top, so it would be nice to, to get a little rain just to replenish that. But uh, we have been actually uh, battling uh, uh, two, uh, two wet conditions rather than being too dry. Any uh, reseeding here this spring? or We have not done any. There's uh, been some suspect spots, but uh, I, I hear of... Uh, some people that have, we've had uh, a multitude of issues from flea beetles to slight frost to, uh, and we've had uh, excess trash and that has uh, exacerbated the problem uh, somewhat in some fields. Uh, I know even getting emergence coming through some of the trash has been a little bit of an issue as well. Have you done any uh, spraying this spring? We are working on our canola right now. We've sprayed our soybeans and, and dry uh, edible beans as well as uh, uh, wheat. But got a little bit of canola left uh, uh, to spray for the first time around. And uh, that spraying, was that for, for insects or disease? Mostly disease. There has been some flea beetles. Uh, uh, I know some uh, other farmers are taking the insecticide in with the uh, first uh, uh, treatment for, for weeds. But we have not done it at this point, but uh, we're keeping an eye on for sure. That was Winkler area farmer Jack Fraze. Now let's head over to the southwest where reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Corey Martin, a farmer in the Reston area. Well, I guess before some uh, hail arrived here, uh, just talk about, uh, you know, seed all in the ground and, and how was emergence looking for your, your crops there, Corey? Yeah, everything was in the ground. We had uh, we had uh, pretty good emergence on most of our stuff. Canola was a little slow this year. I'm not sure why. There's quite a few guys having trouble with their canola. Um, no, no bug damage. It lo- doesn't look like, but yeah, it's just it's taking the time getting out of the ground. So no, no worries or bothers with flea beetles or, or any uh, worm worm damage or anything. You're oh, saying? Not myself, but there is some guys that have have a few cutworms, uh, some flea beetles in, in the canola that is up, um, but uh, no real severity just yet. How about the hail? The first stuff, I think, was uh, in the neighborhood of ping-pong ball size, and then the later stuff was pea-sized. So, but there's, I, I haven't really been out looking yet, but just judging by my trees in my yard, I don't know if there's that much damage. The leaves are still on and and, uh, and that, so. But overall, emergence looks not too bad, and things are looking good moisture-wise and everything? Yeah, we're right where I'm at, uh, the farm, we had... We had uh, good uh, good conditions to seed into. It was uh, we missed all that rain last fall and that snow, so we didn't have the mud issues that most guys did. We go south of town here, and and guys were mudding it in and getting stuck and and whatnot. But uh, it, it's coming along. And uh, how are the cereals looking? Cereals looking good for the most part. I think everybody had uh, had a good a good uh, emergence on all the cereals. That was Reston area farmer Corey Martin speaking with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb.
Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation is busy processing farmers insurance claims. David Crossell is manager of Claim Services. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag uh, so far this spring. There's been a number of events, just under the 1,000 reseed claims so far. And uh, really, it's uh, everything from that uh, frost that we had a couple of weeks ago to uh, the continual windy weather that we've had, as well as some localized uh, heavy rains that have crusted some soils. The common one that we've seen the last few years is uh, flea beetles in canola. Crossell says farmers are just now starting to assess the flood damage in the southeast, noting they haven't seen many claims as of yet. And Keystone Ag Producers President Bill Campbell is keeping a close eye on the water situation in southeast Manitoba. He talked about some of the challenges being faced by livestock producers. There is uh, excess moisture on the fields. There may be required supplement feeding and uh, with the challenges that the province has had with regards to forage production last year and, and that part, it, it's not the time of year when you wish to be feeding cattle. So accessing feed, taking away from 2020's uh, reserves and all of that. So it, 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 it really has a lot of implications with that type of moisture that has fallen. Campbell says farmers in the southeast are facing tough decisions with the crop insurance deadlines looming. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.